0: is Bloomberg Surveillance. Looking back at the fourth quarter, the message wasn't consistent on the economy if we compare the labor market to GDP data. There's a lot of talk of U.S. recession.
1: I think it's grossly exaggerated. Leaders have to step up to the plate and say, okay, there's a problem here. We're aware of it, at least, and we're considering options to fix it. That will certainly make the equity
2: markets feel a lot better. Bloomberg Surveillance. Your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio.
0: Good morning, it is 7 a.m. on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee. Futures higher this morning. Can we make it three up days in a row? Is this a reversal or is there more trouble ahead? Our questions today on surveillance. Later this morning, Neil Kashkari of the Minneapolis Fed here on Fed Minutes Day. Is their job now avoiding recession? He's also calling for a breakup of the big banks. We'll explore that with him. And Sir Martin Sorrell coming up in a few minutes, his view of the economy and what role will business play in the Brexit debate. As I mentioned, green on equity screens this morning. Europe higher. The stock 600 by 5 points, 1.6%. The DAX is up 153. That's 1.7%. And look at Paris, 81 points up, almost 2% on the day. Futures in the U.S. are higher. S&P futures by 14, three-quarters of a percent. It's about a seven-tenths gain for Dow E-mini futures, 106. NASDAQ futures up 31, three-quarters of a percent. The bond market, little change from yesterday morning. year, 10-year yield. The five-year going for 1.23, 72 basis points for the two-year. We do see some movement in currencies with the dollar index a touch lower. The yen at the moment basically unchanged at 114.08. And the euro, 111.48, little changed as well on the day. Uh, Oil, everybody watching oil. West Texas, 29.72, up 68 cents, 2.3%. Brent crude, 3314 96 cents higher. That's 3%, but uh, as we have seen over the last couple of days, that doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, prices change as more U.S. traders come into the marketplace, so we'll track that throughout the morning for you. Volatility is still high across basically all asset classes. The VIX still. Above, uh, 20, 2411 was the close yesterday. Right now, the, uh, futures, VIX futures are at 2332, down, uh, 2% with green on the screen, but still elevated. And certainly we are seeing, uh, elevated volatility in bonds and currencies as well. The man who tracks all that, Dean Kernan of Macro Risk Advisors. Good morning, Dean. Good morning. Um, is the volatility, is this what I wanted to ask you when I was listening to you earlier with Tom? Uh, on uh, Surveillance TV, is the volatility we are seeing telling us the markets know something
3: or the markets don't know something? That's a great uh, way of framing it. I think it's a combination of both. Uh, There's definitely a uh, question around uncertainty uh, about the future. A lot of it's just looking at the global economy, looking for growth leadership, seeing uh, how big a sponsor of global growth China was and its deceleration uh, is uh, in plain sight, uh, as is the uh, complications of its uh, policy and, and how it interacts with markets from a communication standpoint. I also think the volatility is is a result of a buildup over many, many years, Fed-sponsored, of uh, carry trades. And a you know, carry trade really is just simply a trade that makes money most of the time, uh, and it feels good along the way. But uh, it's one that uh, becomes increasingly sponsored over time because it's in, it's sort of the easy money. And then when uh, the consensus changes and it changes quickly, there's a rush for the exits, and that creates volatility in asset prices. Well, that's a
0: problem we can't get rid of, right, because uh, as long as the – well, Chuck Prince, you know, you got to keep dancing. And so any time any central bank wants to go the other
3: way, we're going to have this issue. Well, I think the central banks have set up markets to uh, – the markets are the way in which central bank policy manifests itself on on the economy. Uh, this portfolio balance channel that uh, uh, Bernanke w- was a big sponsor of, Yellen talks about it. In other words, if we can uh, make asset prices rise, there's a wealth effect, there's a confidence effect that feeds back into the real economy, and, and everyone's happy. Uh, I think it's particularly dangerous, especially when it uh, when it allows asset prices mm-hmm. to get divorce from underlying fundamentals.
4: Dean Kurnit with us, Macro Risk Advisors. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance with futures up 13. We're brought to you by Invesco. Don't settle for average in your portfolio to Invesco. The right approach means investing with high conviction. Find out more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Dean, I mentioned earlier, I've never seen you so cautious really folding the real economy over into your look at the financial world. which, When you go to the Bloomberg terminal, which is the series or the function or the measurement of your volatile world that that gives you that, that, that cause for concern?
3: Well, I think uh, just a, a quick spin through some of the analytics. Please. Yeah, the VCA page is your cross-asset dashboard. It's looking at implied volatilities across not just equities, but uh, FX and commodities, which have been – Increasingly important as uh, leading indicators of where equity volatility is headed. Uh, last year, for us, it was it was uh, you had distress in rate markets and FX markets and in credit markets, but you really didn't see the same in equity markets. And for us, it just felt right. like equities uh, were behind. And I think a second page I just want to point to. I look at it all the time. I can't help but stare at W B X, which is just yields in Germany. Uh, I'm sorry, in in the eurozone, and you click into the two year point and ten. Fully 10 countries have got negative nominal interest rates. And it just speaks to the, that's, I've said it before, that's finance turned upside down. You know, negative nominal interest rates. It's just not in the textbook, and it speaks to a dysfunction and, I right. think, a danger in the system. So
4: let's go, Matthew, from that beautiful walkthrough. Again, those symbols, folks, WBX, Walter, Bob, X-Ray, and VCA, Victor, Charles, uh, Allen, VCA is two, symbol, uh, two uh, Bloomberg pages that Dean Kernan uses. If, if you go with all, all this functionality, the underlying mathiness of your world is a bell curve, right. is a Gaussian curve except everything you're describing has nothing to do with the bell curve how out of whack is the present system to the underlying mathematics
3: it's a great uh, the way that, so so the bell curve is the basis for option pricing and yet what do we know that uh, the you know the distribution is not at all normal you've got the fat tails to to both the upside and the downside uh, i think it was yesterday or the day before the nike was up 8% in a single day it's just nowhere in the bell curve of outcomes that that can happen. Uh, that's a you know an up crash in a single day. Again, all coming back to a very central bank dictated um, market you know set set of outcomes. And I think it, it it speaks to an underlying interaction between the real economy and the financial economy, linked by central banks, where uh, the adjustment process is not pretty right now. Uh, and it, it you know it's it's a challenging one, especially when. Uh, the financials become a bigger part of the risk story. That's mm-hmm. a particular concern for us right now.
0: Well, I, I was looking. Somebody pointed out today that uh, of the European banks in the in the Euro Stock 600 index, I think there's 40 of them. All of them have lost this year, and 38 of them have lost more than 10% of their value. So um, it is a tough world for the banks. What? Could regulators do if anything at this point, or have they created a hole so big a monster. that there's no way to fill it it's
3: very very tricky for, for policymakers I think they've dug you know quite a hole here and, and uh, said earlier um, on on TV that um, when the when Kuroda and Draghi both um, suggest that there's no limit to what the central banks can do, I think you start to get into. Uh, a credibility question where if the market isn't reacting uh, in a way that suggests the central banks are, contr- are in control, then that skepticism will very quickly uh, bleed back into asset prices. And then, again, asset prices being the lever around which central banks have tried to influence the real economy, if that's not working uh, then you're, you're going to see an erosion of risk sentiment that, again, can, can feed on itself. You know, to
4: get back to VCA, there's different asset categories there. Which asset class gives you the best value now and getting out front on where agitation is going to go?
3: Well, I think the uh, the crude is the epicenter of so many risk outcomes. And I just was looking at the implied volatility for three months in crude. To the put side, you're in the 80s. To the call side, you're in the the high 60s. These are just tremendous numbers. It, it's suggesting that crude is going to move four to five percent a day, and of course it has been. Um, where does that translate to? And where I think uncertainty is underpriced, I think it's underpriced in the short end of the U.S. yield curve. Um, you've you've had. Uh, trades where people are effectively betting that the U.S. will go to negative interest rate policy, you can do that by way of Eurodollar options. So you can buy the 100-strike call, uh, which has been trading in September and December expiration, and the payout of that only occurs if LIBOR, nominal LIBOR, is negative at expiration. These are teenies, uh, meaning that they are very, very cheap in price. I don't think it's an option to sell. I think it's an option to buy. Uh, just because of the leverage that's associated with it. Mm-hmm. And I think the other part, the other side of it is the Fed goes mm-hmm. quicker. We also look at this WIRP page, which is the Fed probabilities, and the right. markets basically price the Fed out, not Forever. just this year, for most of yeah. yeah, next year as well. I think that's underpriced as okay. well.
4: Dean, very valuable. Dean Kernett with us, Macro Risk Advisors, giving us perspective on volatility. We'll try to get some graphs and charts out of those functions out to you today. Futures risk on, as Michael McKee mentioned, up 13. down futures up 98. West Texas up 52 cents, 29.56 a barrel. Brent 33.03.
0: This Hour of Surveillance is brought to you by Mazda White Plains. Visit MazdaWhitePlanes.com. Here's Michael R. with news headlines.
5: Mike, Tom, thank you very much. It is a battle between privacy versus security. Apple says it will fight a federal court order directing the company to help the FBI break into an encrypted iPhone belonging to one of the San Bernardino shooters. Apple CEO Tim Cook says such action would have implications far beyond the legal case at hand. Cook says the FBI is asking for the equivalent of a master key capable of opening hundreds of millions of locks. A convoy of eight trucks appears to be getting ready to head into the besieged areas of Syria. The U.N. says the government of President Assad has approved access to seven of the estimated 18 besieged areas. The South Dakota Senate has approved a bill that would require transgender students to use bathrooms and locker rooms that correspond to their sex at birth. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? And,
4: Michael, thanks so much. Again, 11401, Michael McKee and Tom Keene from New York. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance.
0: Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by your Tri-State BMW centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com. At BMW, they make only one thing, the ultimate driving machine.
6: And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Eisner Amper. Does your accountant do more than crunch numbers? Eisner Amper understands the more their clients know, the better the outcome. That's why they've created a 2016 personal tax guide. Free download at EisnerAmper.com strategies. And futures this morning are higher. With S&P E-Mini Futures up 13 points, Dow E-Mini Futures up 98, NASDAQ E-Mini Futures up 32, and the DAX in Germany up 1.8 percent. Ten-year Treasury down 5.30 seconds. The yield 1.78 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 1.9% or 54 cents at 29.58 a barrel. Gomex Gold down to 10% or $1.70 to $12.0650 an ounce. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike.
0: Aaron hey, Mosko, thank you very much. Well, Tom, uh, this is a very exciting moment for me. When I started as a young uh, financial reporter on the other side of this building in uh, Bloomberg News, they told me, a guy you want to be like is Joe Nosser. He said, a lot of people know the news, but Joe reads the documents. (laughs) And Joe Joe is here now because he read the documents about the uh, National Collegiate Athletic Association, and he did not like what he found. The result is a book indentured the inside story of the rebellion against the NCAA. Along with Ben Strauss, he's, uh, uh, and Ben is here as well. Uh, Joe, it took me only a few pages in the book to become sort of thoroughly disgusted. You make a, a very good case that the NCAA is basically on a witch hunt against athletes, particularly poor black
1: athletes, and they get to decide who's a witch and what a witch is. Uh, <clears throat> that's pretty much. And we started right off with Chapter 1 when we write about a young Connecticut basketball player who was in trouble, with the NCAA because they were after his mother. His mother. Yeah, so many
0: of these stories are about players who had no idea why the NCAA was. They had done nothing, and they didn't know what others were doing around them. The story of one who
1: whose coach took money to steer him to a college. He didn't know that. Uh, that's right. In fact, uh, that was—I uh, think—you're talking about uh, Albert Means in, yes. in, in, in uh, Alabama. Ben, Ben can tell that story a little bit better because he reported it. But um, that kid was a sacrificial lamb because they were trying to get a big-time booster, and they basically destroyed his career in the process, right, Ben? Yeah, he
7: was uh, this 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 this, uh, this rated uh, lineman uh, out of uh, Memphis. And, and he was getting steered to Alabama by this big booster who, uh, you know, was rumored to have done this with a number of players down there. And the SEC found out about it. And instead of stepping in and, and, and telling the kid what was going on, they, they, they let him take the money. They let the family take the money just so they could bust the booster. And, and that's sort of where the priorities are here.
0: I would. I would find it hard to believe that without some kind of governing body, there wouldn't be corruption. You go back to the point-shaving scandals in the
1: the 1950s. So how did we get to this point? Well, the point-shaving scandal is a good place to start. Uh, The NCA was was very young at the time uh, when Kentucky got caught in the point-shaving scandal, and it proved its power, Its 29-year-old new executive director, Walter Byers, proved he was powerful because he got every other school to agree not to play Kentucky basketball for a year. So that was an example of the first what they call death penalty, right? Yeah. So suddenly he's powerful, and it goes on from there. He <clears throat> continues to be powerful, and he builds a powerful right. organization that cares a lot about its power.
4: Jonah Seren and Ben Strauss with this indenture, the inside story of the rebellion against the NCAA. A basketball player, one Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says, I think it should be required uh, reading. Jonah Serra, page 98. You talk about the University of Catholic America, the Fighting Irish, for instance, declined (laughs) bowl invitations from 1925 until 1969. If we need leadership to make for a better student, athlete, NCAA, whatever that better outcome is, a good place to start would be South Bend, Indiana. What does Notre Dame need to do to make for a better jonas Sarah world? Well, uh, they're not gonna do it. Uh Jack Swarbrick,
1: who is uh the athletic director and one of the people in college sports I most admire, I might add, has said that if um payers, players get paid, which is what I advocate, which I think is uh just as an issue of plain fairness, he says, you know, we won't be in Division One anymore. Stanford, by the way, has said the exact same thing. They're so adamant about the current system being good for athletes, and I think the current system is terrible for athletes. That's uh, where I divide, and Ben and I divide, with most of the college sports establishment. The college sports right. establishment, it works great for them. It doesn't work so great for the
7: players.
4: Ben, quickly, or I know Mike wants to jump in quickly here. Do you, you get responses from athletes saying you guys are wrong, the NCAA knows what they're doing?
7: Uh, not especially, uh, <laughs> not, the, not, the athletes.
4: Not, not especially. I, I, I talked
7: to, to a number of players, um, and, and who, who, who want books, who want to learn more. Um, I, I think athletes, uh, they're, they're often so focused on their sport that these issues, these, these politics are not something that, 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 they, they, they pay attention to. I mean, even mm. Sonny Vaccaro, you know, has told stories about trying um, to to educate athletes um, sort of about gambling issues and, and other issues. And, and oftentimes, you know, coaches and, and athletic departments uh, don't particularly want their athletes to right. be uh, as politically aware as, as even they would like to be. And when the union um, issue was taking hold at Northwestern, they had this big union drive, um, you had other athletic departments, other football coaches gathering their right. teams and telling them, "This is not something you want to do. Your, you know, your scholarships will become taxed. This is, this is a disaster." When, when you know that wasn't necessarily true, but but the idea is to is to um, keep them perhaps less informed than they should be.
0: Mike, I only got one minute left, uh, Joe, uh, but I got to ask, and I don't think I want to know the answer, but. Why do the college presidents who profess their goal is to
1: educate students put up with this? Because it's big money Uh, and because their board of trustees often think of themselves as being the Jerry Joneses of college sports. Uh, This is really true. The trustees care more about football than they care about the history department. Uh, uh, and because it really generates uh, money uh, for the school. Uh, There's there's all kinds of reasons. And they, they delude themselves. One of the things, university presidents delude themselves into thinking that they're giving the athletes a fair bargain because they get an education. And we all know that in way too many cases, they're not getting a real education. They're majoring in what I like to call eligibility, just taking the kind of courses, or enough courses to stay on the field and that make no rhyme or reason if you actually care about a major or getting Mm -hmm. skills for life.
4: Jonas, Sarah, thank you so much. Ben Strauss, thank you so much. Indentured, the inside story of the rebellion against the NCAA, blistering and entertaining. Stay with us. More of Bloomberg Surveillance.
0: Lloberg Surveillance brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart and efficient choice to manage your philanthropy. Call 212-752-8277.
2: Good
0: morning. At 730 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keane. We're two hours away from the start of maybe what could be the third update in a row, which is something we haven't said in a long time. Some uh, corporate news that we'll be watching during the day. Credit Agricole says it'll sell back shares in more than three dozen French regional banks. Going to shore up capital, pave the way for all cash dividends. They also posted fourth quarter earnings that beat estimates. And that's one reason Europe is higher this morning. The stock 600 up by six points, 1.7 percent. Bombardier says it planned to cut about 7,000 jobs. It reported fourth quarter profit that fell short of analyst estimates. Anglo-Americans credit assessment, cut to junk, a negative outlook by Fitch Ratings. The miner's trying to reduce its asset base and trim debt. Uh, Company's rating reduced to double B plus from
5: triple B minus.
0: Now let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael?
5: Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Apple has rejected a court order to help the FBI unlock an iPhone used by one of the shooters in the San Bernardino, California, attack. Apple CEO Tim Cook argues that such a move would undermine encryption by creating a backdoor that could potentially be used on other future devices. Bernie Sanders fired back at Bill Clinton's latest comments after the former president seemed to compare Sanders to the Tea Party, claiming he is just telling people what they want to hear on the campaign trail. Sanders spoke on Bloomberg TVs with all due respect.
8: Well, I think it's unfortunate, and I think some of the things that uh, President Clinton has been saying are unfortunate. I do understand, obviously, uh, he's trying to do his best uh, to uh, get his wife to win the nomination and become president. I understand that. My wife is doing her best to try to get me to become president, but we should not be making silly remarks.
5: A German short-haired pointer has won Best in Show at the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show in New York's Madison Square Garden. The three-year-old dog named CJ beat about 2,700 entrants to win the top prize. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Mike Labar.
0: Mike, Tom? Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Ray Katina Auto Group Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. Here's John Stashower, John?
2: All right, Mike, running the Brooklyn Nets, not an easy job. The team's bad. They've traded away most of their draft picks. The Nets have reportedly offered their general manager job to San Antonio assistant GM, Sean Marks, and he's decided whether to accept the gig. Marks is a journeyman player. The Nets like that he comes from the Spurs. Nets and Knicks return for the All-Star break to meet Friday. Trade deadline tomorrow. Rockets said to be tough to the Charlotte Hornets about a Dwight Howard trade. NHL at the Rock Flyers and Devils. Close game most of the way, 2-2 under nine minutes left. He has to hustle to keep it away from Stetniak, and he does. And now Vorchek across ice. Here's Giroux in. Drew swerving to the middle. Off to Shen. Shen in front
1: of the jamming it home. Power play goal. It's three, two, Philadelphia.
2: On CSN, they scored again. 50 seconds later, went on to end the Devils' three-game win streak. Six to three. Rutgers now 0 13 in the Big Ten. Blown out at Illinois, 82-66. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports update, I'm John Stashell. Thank you,
0: John. As we mentioned, uh, the possibility of an update today with S and P futures up 14 points looks like a at least an open higher, seven tenths of a percent. Over in Europe, the FTSE is up by 97 points right now, 1.7 percent. The CAC 40 is up by 87, 2.1 percent. Uh, the pound, 143.04. Eh, we'll call it unchanged. Coming up in just a few moments, we'll talk with uh, Sir Martin Sorrell about uh, the business role in the whole Brexit debate. That will have an impact on that currency, certainly. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keen. We're looking at S&P futures higher by 13 points right now, 7 tenths of a percent. Dow futures 101 points higher, that's six-tenths of a percent. And NASDAQ is your winner on the day so far, eight-tenths higher, 34 points. The stock 600 in Europe, six points higher, 1.8%. Time now for the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, partnering with government and industry to apply the university's world-class research assets to innovate and spur economic growth. Learn more at njit.edu. Here's Bob Moon.
8: Michael, thank you. And at 734 on Wall Street, here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. For years, Israel's vaunted high-tech sector has been the main engine of economic growth there. But the country's finance minister is warning in a new report that Israel is witnessing a slowdown that may have long-standing impact on the country's global position as a leader in innovation. The ministry points out that an international ranking of the percentage of GDP spent on research and development showed South Korea knocking Israel out of first place. That, according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, technology even as it slows still accounts for 40% of the country's exports, which make up about a third of Israel's GDP, according to government figures. Alphabet Inc. pulled Google's five year old think tank under its corporate umbrella and renamed it Jigsaw. Jigsaw also will become a technology incubator and will be led by Jared Cohen, a close confidant of Alphabet Chairman. Eric Schmidt, and that's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. I'd like to know the thinking behind the innovation of these names: Alphabet, Jigsaw,
0: Google. Tom, what could we call surveillance? We could, you
4: know, I'm not there yet. It's still Google,
0: <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Something like yeah, it's still Google mm-hmm. to us. Bob Moon, thank you much. Uh,
4: joining us right now. Uh, for, the, for a good part, let's have our Sir Martin Swirl. There's a million ways to go, but I want to start. A, it's nice to have you here on radio.
9: It's so early, yes.
4: What does WPP do with radio? The, the death of radio See, has no, been not, cited.
9: No, not, not death. We, we continue to invest reasonably heavily in radio, actually. It's one of those uh, areas, actually, interestingly, the Mary Meeker data, if you believe it. Yeah. Uh, you know, time spent versus investment by the industry is pretty much in equilibrium, actually. Um, and of course, there is, there has been, there have been significant developments in digital radio. So, do, so radio has become a, a medium which is yeah. adapted to new technology in an effective way. So, I would say, radio continues to be a force. Uh, albeit on a smaller scale, obviously, than others.
4: I want to spend four minutes. We've got a lot uh, of other time and a lot of other themes to talk about. But really, Brexit is finally front and center. It's been a build-up. It will be
9: on Friday. Francine Lacroix is following it tick-by-tick. If the the deal gets done.
4: Give us a primer on how the United Kingdom people (laughs) view the elite's raging about this issue well
9: you, you, you can talk about elites raging uh, in a the, in the US context as well I mean, mm-hmm. so sort of similar. so there's a strong populist element to what's going on the rise of the UKIP the UK independence party Nigel Farage in terms of vote if not in seats in parliament is indicative of this populist surge that we've seen not just in the United States but in Italy and Spain and Greece and Portugal and indeed the UK and France Uh, to the extremes. Uh, But if you look at it in terms of the Brexit debate, um, we we probably will have, I think the odds are, that the Prime Minister will will come away uh, with a deal, Uh, seem to get the backing of Angela Merkel at the dinner last week uh, and uh, in the early part of this week. So on the assumption that we get some sort of deal uh, negotiated by, by Prime Minister, he probably will go to the country in June uh, which is a good thing. I think um, most uh, pundits thought that, that having the referendum, he was committed to a referendum either 2016 or 17, having the referendum early mm-hmm. was good. The, the immigrant crisis continues to boil, as you, as you know, uh, the, all the terrible, the catastrophic events surrounding that. And, and if that carries on through the summer, which it will do, to have the referendum in front of that, I think, uh, tactically right. for the pro-camp, in other words, staying in, mm. it is more than... As far well as the population is going from the polls, if you believe the polls anymore, Tom, obviously, they were discredited to some extent in the last election, but if they're directionally... True. What we've got is about a third of the population saying they want to stay in, a third stay out, and a third don't know. And of the third that don't know, very interestingly, most of them say they don't have sufficient information. So the campaign, which I think is a nine-week campaign, if I remember rightly, um, which a maximum of £7 million or $10 million can be spent by either side, so there's there's campaign Mm -hmm. funds limitation, means that the campaign is going to be extremely important in swaying opinion. At the moment, I think the polls actually... Uh, showing a slight majority in favour of coming out. Uh, but, of course, if we came out, that would sort of dissemble or disaggregate right. the United Kingdom. Because Scotland, for example, uh, has made it quite clear that they want to stay in, uh, as does Wales, uh, and other parts of the United Kingdom too. So what we have is a quite a, a potentially difficult situation, to put it mildly, explosive situation, I would say, if uh, we vote to come out... Because these are these are areas that are unplumbed, that we have we are unaware of what the consequences will be. Right. If, we, if we came out, for example, we'd have to negotiate uh, tens, dozens of uh, bilateral trade agreements, which would take years to sort out. Uh, so places okay. the UK, certainly in the short term, in a very difficult position. A nice
4: primer. Out. Sir Martin Sorrell with a primer on his Brexit, certainly front and center. In I would call China. a primer.
9: You call a primer.
4: <laughs> prime, Here's you a say headline. Primer, primer. Give me a headline, Michael. Here's a
0: headline. Angela Merkel says they're aiming for an anti-Brexit deal as early as Thursday. This just yep. uh, crossing now. So.
4: so finally heating up. I mean, Francine Lacroix has been on this every day out of the United Kingdom, and uh, now it's become uh, really front and center for everyone. We're going to come back with uh, Sir Martin, talk to him about uh, a number of things, maybe even including European banking. Michael McKee will lead the charge on that. Futures up 14, Dow futures up 107. From New York with Sir Martin Sorrell, Bloomberg Surveillance. Stay with us.
0: Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by SCNB, the bank for business. It's on the move. Are you looking for the right banking partner? Go to scnb.com to learn more. Now open in Long Island City. Get your business moving with SCNB.
6: And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sector, spdrs.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. U.S. stock index futures are higher. Signaling equities will extend gains into a third day on growing speculation that the recent sell-off was overdone. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures up 15 points. Dow E-mini futures up 112. NASDAQ E-mini futures up 40. The DAX in Germany is up 1.9 percent. Ten-year Treasury down 7.30 seconds. The yield 1.79 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 2.2 percent or 64 cents to 29.68 a barrel. COMEX gold down to 10 percent or $2.90 to $12.05.30 an ounce. The euro $1.1145. The yen 114.11. Priceline group up more than 10 percent this morning after reporting fourth quarter profit that beat analyst estimates. T-Mobile U.S. reported rising profit and predicted as many as 3.4 million new subscribers for this year, as promotions like free video streaming helped the third largest U.S. wireless carrier post a sixth straight quarter of adding more than one million new monthly users. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike.
4: Karen, uh, thanks so much. Good morning, everyone. The future's up 15. Mike, um, uh, Craig Moffitt of Moffitt Nathanson quoted in the journal today, is the valuation of media companies migrate south is cable valuations. Migrate north. It's sort of just a whole restructuring or revaluation, repricing within the media industry.
0: Yeah, um, it does look like, uh, well, we're seeing the whole world of advertising and media upended, um, cord cutting and uh, well, it's it's not just three channels and uh, Tom and Mike on the radio anymore. Young
4: uh, man, I remember two channels.
0: <laughs> oh, I remember one. John Tucker remembers one channel. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> this is KDKA Pittsburgh. Um, uh, well, let's start with a, a more general question, Sir Martin. Uh, Advertising is a leading indicator. What is your business telling you? About the U.S. and global economies at this point.
9: Yeah, we are a leading indicator. We're a leading indicator. I, I think when when uh, people are worried about things, uh, so we we get the worst of that world, and then we get the worst of the other world. When they they think things are going to turn up, they wait to increase their spending. However, I think there has been a significant change since Lehman in 2008. I think. Uh, the world, particularly since the, the V-shaped recovery that we saw in 2010, and if you look at our own results, we did records in 11, 12, 13, 14, and we haven't announced our 15 numbers. So I can't say much about that. But, you know, the, 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 the portents are good for 15 too. And if I look at 16, I, I think what's happening in the markets is the market, it's not about recession. I don't think that we will see a recession. There might be some... Countries that technically have a recession in the sense of two quarters of negative GDP growth. But what I think the the markets are doing is adjusting to the fact that that things are going to be lower longer. And that means GDP growth is going to be at a lower level or continue to be at a lower level, both real and nominal. Uh, And, uh, of of course, uh, interest rates are going to stay lower longer than people anticipated, even – Uh, before Christmas. And you know, you see the the prognostications for how many rate hikes there will be here this year. It used to be about four. It's now sort of slipped maybe to some people saying zero, some saying one, and very few, few saying more than one hike this year. Having said that, I think overall what we see is a slow growth world where the fast growth markets are not growing as fast as they used to, still growing faster than the slow growth markets. China, in my view, is not growing at six. It's probably growing at somewhere around 3 or 4, around 4%, I would mm-hmm. say, where it is. Maybe even less. I talked to somebody who's in the primary goods industries, the uh, natural resources industry, is a close follower of the Chinese market, big operations in China, thinks the, gro- well, uh, the GDP is growing at 2. So fast growth markets slower, sorry. Uh, and the mature markets is growing a little bit better, but still not as fast as those fast growth markets. No inflation and therefore no pricing power, and therefore focus on cost. So clients are ver- basically very, and rightly in this environment to some extent, are very cautious. Uh, you just raised an
0: interesting question in my mind. Do the Chinese respond to advertising the same way as yes. everybody else does around the
9: world? I mean- Good question. Mu- much so. I mean, China is our third largest <coughs> market. We have, uh, our revenue base is about $23 billion now. Our billings base is about $80 billion. Uh, China, in terms of revenues, is about $1.7 billion. We have 16,000 people there in 80 cities in China. So the, qu- the answer to the question, is, you know, does China respond to advertising? The answer is yes, in spades. And of course, China has has missed the the PC uh, step in between going from analog to to digital. They've gone straight to smartphones. And if you look at the growth and development of the the native smartphones, if i got companies like Xiaomi or OnePlus, Xiaomi challenges Samsung and Apple. In fact, out out distances them and I- at many times in China you are seeing a, a technology revolution and I think the mistake that people make is that they think that China copies and steals now we used to say the same thing about the Japanese, the South Koreans, the Hong Kong Chinese the fact is the Chinese are now originating, if they did copy and steal, they're doing it much less than they used to because they're originating a lot of technology which is superior, so look out for companies like Huawei, look out for companies like Lenovo and Haier and others that are expanding mm-hmm. increasingly abroad, they going to becoming very significant forces, Xiaomi, I've mentioned in the handset right. this is a company that only started four or five years ago, yeah. Been mm-hmm. valued in the last mm-hmm. uh, last private equity or uh, funding round at about 40 billion US. There's so many things, I mean you, every, every time you, you say
0: something I come up with another question, so we're going to have to have you on for about six hours. Yeah, well our record's seven uh, hours. I've got to, to help. be able to get all these questions answered, but we're I was just, just thinking,
4: start wearing both ties. You,
0: you've, jumped, you've jumped to, oh God, you've jumped to um, the smartphone era in China, and of course, we're in the smartphone era everywhere. You did TV, magazines, newspapers, radio for decades. Yep. You knew what worked, you knew what didn't work. Yep. Do you have a handle on what works in advertising now display ads, click ads, or whatever? Or is that still a process of experimentation?
9: No, well, we've gone through a, a, what we call a, a media tsunami here in the U.S. with major reviews. I mean, our group as a, as a whole in the, in the ratings that have just come out a day or so ago clearly you know, established a lead in terms of net wins and retentions in that media tsunami, as we call it. And what is the reason for that? Well, I think the reason for that, if we can explain it, uh, and is further development to go, is that we focus on three areas, and these which are becoming increasingly important, technology, data, and content. And the answer to your question is that we can refine. You know the old, old saying, uh, Lord Le- 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 Hume of Unilever was supposed to have said, I know I waste half my advertising, I don't right. know which half. Uh, I would say now we're, we're sort of down to maybe 25% that we don't know. And and in the online area, which is 40% of our business, almost 40% of our business now, what we are now able to do, for example, in the United States, <clears throat> where we have the profiles of, what, uh, 200 million adults in the United States, anonymized. We, we don't know it's you. We know you as a number. We can look at behavior. We can look at uh, how people Uh, the the context of how people are making commercial decisions and and media decisions and target advertising in a way that we've never been able to do before. Now, that has its downsides. There's obviously issues of privacy, uh, obviously issues of context, because an ad that is served or issued at the wrong time uh, can be very destructive. But what we have is the ability for the first time, I think, to target this in an extremely effective way uh, through technology and data.
4: This is critical. Here's a fact, folks. I rarely put my opinion into it, but it works here with Sir Martin Sorrell. I'm using Facebook less. Mm -hmm. It's gotten dumber. Are you
9: using using Snapchat then? No, no. I'm using Twitter
4: mostly, and I had to drop Instagram because of security issues. Facebook I'm using less in the last six mm-hmm. months to a year. Because they're managing my news feed. Mm-hmm. What's your advice to the leadership of Facebook mm-hmm. to make it the smartest thing out there, the go-to thing that links in with a huge ad well, re- revenue windfall they're getting?
9: Okay. So I mentioned our media book is $80 billion, So last year we invested on behalf of our clients $4 billion in Google, $1 billion in Facebook. The, the
4: Where is that going to be in five years?
9: Uh, difficult to, I would say, you know, Google is, is, is rising with us somewhere around 25% to a third a year. So a, billion Fa- a year. Uh, yeah. Uh, Facebook, yeah. Uh, whether we'll be up to five or not this year, I think there's a good shot to, okay. that we will be. Facebook probably rising. Last year it went up by about 50%. Uh, Twitter to you, very interestingly, went on a smaller scale from about 150 million. This year, I think they'll be up – or last year, they're up to $225 million, so up about 50%. The interesting thing about Twitter, despite what's been happening, the gyrations on its share price, right. and defi- despite the fact that I think it's a PR medium, I, I don't think it's so much of a branding medium, it is very effective, and, and it's interesting that you say you, you, you use it intensively because I think it is. Facebook's issue you know, is the issue of size. I mean, it's the world's biggest country now. It, it's the, it's the, but the what, large, what do you, the you tell their population. management to
4: do? A guy like you with your yeah. heritage, what do you tell the young well, upstarts at I, Facebook? I,
9: I don't, I, it's not a question about telling them what to do, Tom. I think they do an extremely good job. I mean, for example, it is quite clear that they have caught up with Google on video. They have caught up with uh, Google on mobile. Uh, not, just think about the relative effectiveness. It's four to one with us, mm-hmm. Google to, to Facebook. and I, the, the power that Google has is really around search. It's mobile search and search. That that in terms of context for the consumer is very mm. powerful, and you can, track Ten- the, you can track the sales results. But I, I think you're being a little bit fuddy-duddy, on, on <laughs> if I could say this, on okay. Facebook, Facebook, because I don't think it's true oh. generally, although Snapchat with centennials, that's people born after 1997, is very, very effective. That's me. Sir
4: Martin, sir, we've got to go. Never enough time. Centenials. Thank you so much. He's with WTP. It. It's like his 30th year running the shop. That's like Dieter Zetsche at Mercedes-Benz. 40 years at Mercedes. Amazing. Bloomberg surveillance.